welcome back to Journey Map, the craft and crew podcast where we dive deep into the professional and oftentimes very personal journeys of notable agency people. My name is Dave Hale, and today I'm joined by Joseph Delaney and Mark Goldwell, founding partners at Zero. In this episode, we talk about the stories behind their names, how they first connected over Outback Steakhouse, and the important ethos in their company culture. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and thank you for taking this journey with us today. Misters Mark Goldwell and Joseph F. Delaney III. Welcome to Journey Map. Thanks for having us, Dave. Excited to chat. So I do actually want to start with names because we're going to talk about brand uh, a lot in this in this episode. Uh, and both of you have interesting names. I want to start there. In terms of the conversation, what's in a name? Uh, Joseph F. Delaney III, and then you know Mark Goldwell, which as we were just bantering about before we jumped on, um, is is a is a name that was crafted in partnership with your uh, with your spouse. I, I actually want to start with with Joseph. So we've got the full thing written out here, but what is it like to be raised as the third? Yeah, a lot of a lot of confusion and a lot of different nicknames. You know, from little Joe to uh, teenage Joe, there was three plus two. There was five Joes in my immediate family, um, so that took on a lot of different forms uh, throughout. And I think a part of like kind of growing up and finding my own namesake or my own brand too, I shifted to Joseph like early early twenties or mid mid twenties somewhere somewhere in there, uh, probably as a little bit of. Uh, Hey, I'm not my dad and a little bit of distinction, you know, from the rest of the the family folk. But um, yeah, I think it's a a beautiful thing. It's the kind of the last uh, Delaney as well. Um, And so I think just take a lot of pride in being able to, you know, bring that that third to the to the forefront kind of showcases. Awesome. I spent an incredible amount of time thinking about heritage and legacy and all this kind of stuff so um interesting that you know you you're kind of like hey i'm as the last do you feel a, a sense of pressure to kind of like go out with a bang <laughs> or what's well it's funny as soon as i say that i have to catch myself because i recently just had a child um and so i'm no longer <laughs> the last there actually is one more in the line um i did not choose to go forward with the fourth after much consideration but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, pressure is one way to look at it, but I, I'd say yeah, I use the word pride more so that I get to kind of carry that banner and um, kind of be representative of uh, of the Delaney name out there. So it gives me a lot of, a lot of joy. That's great. Yeah, it's funny. My great grandfather was Phillips Brooks Chisholm the first, grandfather Phillips Brooks Chisholm the second, uncle Phillips Brooks Chisholm the third, cousin Phillips Brooks Chisholm the fourth, and he goes by Brooks. And then he names his son Jack, <laughs> and and uh, on I see both sides too. Anyway, we are uh, I'm talking about names because I do want to come back to it. I promise we're going somewhere with this. Um, and uh, so Mark, you you know, born Mark Goldstein, now Mark Goldwell, and there's a really incredible story there. Um, can you give us the the Coles notes on on that decision? Uh, for sure. Yeah, we I, I think also just the the touch on the jo- the Joe aspect. We've always been flush with with Joes. Uh, our first employees, <laughs> Joseph. Joe and Jose. So we were always, <laughs> Zero's always been rich with uh, with Joe's, which is the way that we like to keep it. So uh, I think we're on the, the hunt. If there's any Joe's out there that are looking for a design job, please just hit us up at careers at zero.nyc. We'll, you know, you're, you're guaranteed to get a top job. of the inbox. 
Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, my name, uh, the ultimate rebrand project. Um, yeah, born Goldstein and uh, I met my wife, I, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so. Um, and we recently got married uh, pre-pandemic and, uh, you know, we just decided to split our names down the middle. So her last name is Atwell. Uh, first name is Chelsea. She's also a partner at Zero and wonderful. Uh, so last name was Atwell. My last name was Goldstein. We decided to split them down the middle, call ourselves Goldwell. So new legacy, you know, obviously um, still much love um, for this the Goldstein tribe and just all of that lineage, but Goldwell is is who we are now, and uh, we love it. So I, there's a theme here, and this is why I, I was touching on on names to start, which is the idea of reinvention, both of yourselves, whether that's you know uh, Joseph kind of dropping the Joe uh, legacy and, and doing his own thing, and, and Mark, uh, you and Chelsea, kind of creating your own brand and, and your own new identity. One thing that's so fascinating about you guys, and I was saying off camera, or I guess on camera, off off recording, that uh, I'm I'm a, an actual zero uh, fan person. Like I've followed the agency for a while, and and your work is amazing. And uh, anyway, lots of love there. Um, what I've found so interesting about the founding of Zero and what you guys seem to focus on, and I want to be, let you tell your own story, um, this idea of being a, a digitally native or digital first brand shop, um, working with brands to kind of re- help them reinvent themselves, whether visually or otherwise, but both of you coming from this background that is more web centric. And so this idea of also reinventing yourselves and your careers, and, and you guys are, are clear experts at branding, so I'm in, in no way trying to take that away. We're going to get there through this conversation. But Mark, when you think back to the early days of your kind of start of your career, or even what you were uh, kind of doing a Bachelor of Arts in Graphic Design in college, what was it that was the, the draw to you to say, hey, let's, let's go into the, like web design as a, uh, as a profession? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool question. Um, I think, you know, I was a uh, business for like a hot second and then it didn't really kind of stick. Um, and then I was studio art, which was a fun, like a lot where my passion was. I loved painting. I loved like doing all kind of the studio art practices. And then I focused more on like abstract stuff. And I think I realized now in retrospect, it was I like the immediacy of being able to sort of like put something out down, see it. So, you know, acrylic paint dries fast, all that kind of stuff. So when I found in, when I kind of stumbled into graphic design, it was like really just um, luck of the draw, really. There were two credit difference between studio art and graphic design. I decided to pick up the graphic design major as well. And then just fell in love with like, oh, this this program Illustrator allows me to just like draw shape and move it around. Like, wow, it was so immediate. Um, so I think that that's where I was there. And I was also having this moment of like, I don't know if I want to be a starving artist. So I think it seemed like the job prospects were a little bit more... Um, like open, I guess I should say, uh, in the graphic design worlds, and coming out of school in like 2008, like kind of around that um, rough portion of the um, economy, it just uh, it made sense and fell into web design. Uh, you know, just I took like one class at a community college, just like over a summer for fun, and that was just the first job I could get. I remember them being like, "All right, cool, you're going to be a web designer, web developer," and I was like, "Sick, I don't know how to do any of that," and was reading CSS for Dummies on the beach in Milwaukee just to try to get up. I was like, I had the fear of God in me, um, which I think just is a good uh, motivator always. Um, and that's, that's how I got into that space. So what year do you think you designed your first website? Jeez, <laughs> uh, um, Maybe like 2009 or something like that. And, you know, like um, I talked to like some of the junior designers that we have and stuff like that and folks in 
in the design world. Like it wasn't um, a pretty thing. I think it was a really cool job. It was a family run trade publication. They had stuff for like facilities management and cleaning. So I think the first website I designed was called like Clean Link. And it was all about like janitorial services. Um, I coded that bad boy too. And, you know, Firefox keeps giving me the peekaboo bug. But, you know, for many Google searches, there was no like Substack and all that kind of shit. Um, I think I figured it out. I wasn't clearing my float. And I learned how to do that. And here I am now. Yeah. The first, probably around the exact same time, 2009, uh, I created a, a site uh, for the first time ever for a tree farm near where I lived. It was like a buddy of my uh, curling. How Canadian can I sound? A curling buddy of my dad's. Uh, but, uh, and it was like the hottest fucking garbage website I've ever <laughs> seen. Like forget about made, like also probably the worst site I've ever seen period. The fact that I would then go on to have a career in this field is like beyond shocking. But anyway, so where you kind of went that graphic design art route, uh, Joseph, uh, you know, your, your background, you have a, a bachelor of science in social psych and, uh, and also in information science and technology. So a nerd alert here a little bit, but that decision to have the, the kind of double major or two degrees, um, what was really kind of inspiring that for you at the time? Were you a big academic in, in high school and you always kind of knew you were going to pursue a lot of post-secondary education or, or how did that come up? I wish that it was maybe more formulated than that. Um, I think freshman year, summer, I stuck, stuck around. I, I, I came in as mechanical engineering. Fuck that. I was out very quickly and took some summer classes, one in, I think, either gender or social psychology, and then one in, I can't remember what the information science technology, it must have just been like an introductory course. And at the culmination of that, um, I was like, I just love both of these things. I don't necessarily see how they are interconnected, but I'm going to explore both. And I think like that carried through sophomore year. And then I just sort of ran with it. And I think looking back, little did I know that that's very much the intersection of like user experience design, right? Like psychology, understanding people, and then information science technology, how to present the information, how to carry people through, you know, experiences digital or otherwise. A little bit of just uh, blind luck, you know, kind of, and, and passion in those two categories kind of just started me down the path. So it is pretty obvious when you frame it that way. And then, you know, for example, you would go on to get a role as a user experience designer at Fidelity. When you get to see the the background laid out that way, it's like, oh, that makes sense. One plus one equals two. But in 2009, like the idea of doing user experience design you know, it probably wasn't so obvious that a person with a social psych background and an information science and tech background, that's what you should do. So, you know, how did you fall into that first UX role? What what brought you to Fidelity? Yeah, I don't even know if they called it that back in the day. I might just put that label on, uh, on LinkedIn <laughs> or wherever you're looking for, for that reference. You know, I, I don't think the psychology, you know, the job came from the, IS, the information science and technology side of things. And I think the psychology portion wasn't like quote unquote relevant on paper, but I think it did give me sort of that competitive edge or competitive advantage, if you will. You know, being 22 and coming out of college, I had a ton of uh, debt and uh, Fidelity was there to offer a nice salary and a means to pay off that debt. Um, so I took it and another uh, good friend of mine um, who I went to college with took the same job and we moved up to Boston together. Uh, I painstakingly made it through 16 months there, maybe 18 months, just grueling every day uh really not you know doing all that much i would say you know learning a little bit here and there but it just it just wasn't wasn't for me and um you know from there i had a romantic interest in a bunch of friends in graphic design and started 
traveling down to New York nearly every every weekend. Shout out to Lucky Star Bus and the woes of uh, traffic on Friday night. And I think moved to New York and, you know, made some quick introductions there and started to find my true passion for um, understanding graphic design, the power of it, um, UX and those artists out there and wanting to like support, you know, these creative visions. And so kind of hit that crux of a little bit of UX. And then, you know, my joke was like, we kept doing this UX and then the product would come out and it'd be a piece of shit. So like, all right, I need to get involved with the clients in order to like see this vision through and also like understand the technology side because maybe we're designing ir- irresponsibly, you know, in the upfront phases of projects. And so that kind of is how it, how it came to be. But uh, yeah. Thanks for that. But Fidelity Investments call out and take me back down memory memory lane there. Yeah, they're actually they're a sponsor. So uh, we had we had no. I'm kidding. They're not. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're gonna love yeah, this. No, 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 not at all. Um, so uh, I wanted to get into the meat cute as well. Of uh, you know, when knowing that you guys were one of you based in Milwaukee, one based in New York City. Now hearing obviously that you were also from uh, Milwaukee at one point, uh, Joseph. Um, what was the the first time that you guys met? What was what was that meet cute story like? My perspective is the very first time I'll never forget the f- first photo I saw of Mark when he got hired at uh, Wonder Sauce. It's this beautiful photo he's laying uh, in front of a cliffside. And our one of the partners at Wondersauce was like, yeah, this is our new uh, ACD. Um, you know, he's moving out here from Milwaukee. I think he's going to be great. And we're going to be working together on, you know, XYZ, XYZ accounts. And uh, Wondersauce at, at, at this point was just such an incredible place to be, like such good friends and such a good, you know, energy and vibe. And so um, I was counting down the days until Mark arrived. And then he, you know, kind of walked through the walked through the door. And I remember greeting him and just being like, what up, dude? Like, let's have some fun and 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 make some shit together. Um, and uh, yeah, it felt like it was just like a very uh, natural like kind of collaboration from day one. And then I remember like in like resourcing meetings or whatnot, just being like, yeah, but Mark's gonna work on my projects though. Like, no, we're Mark and I, you know. So I think those were some of the early days and kind of the, the first meeting from my from my perspective. So what do you think, Mark? Uh, yeah. That, so I moved from Milwaukee with Chelsea to New York. Gosh, I don't remember the year, maybe 2000. God, I'm not going to do it. 2014, maybe? Yeah, and I got a job offer at um, Wondersauce. And, you know, I think that was like peak design ego portion for me um, since succumbed to that. But I was like, oh, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a good designer. I believe in what I can do. You know, I'm going to show up to this place. It's going to be great. I'm going to be working in New York. And like, certainly they're going to be like super excited to have me, you know, like it's, it's going to be cool. Um, so the design director or design creative director asked me if I eat meat. And I was like, in my mind, like, oh, they're going to like have something there for like to kind of welcome me in. Like, oh yeah, sweet. So I, I show up and they're like, uh, this is by no means like poorly. Res- I respect one of most of my friends, but I show up to a very like, um, oh, hey, who are you? Uh, yeah, sure. There's like a table over there. Sat in that table and I like, there was no, there was no grand entrance. There was like no handshakes. There were no like, uh, hey, awesome to have you. There was no meat cake. I later found out that that was honestly because they put me on like a steakhouse account initially and they wanted to make sure that you know, I wasn't vegetarian or something like that. These stories I put together in my head. Um, but there was one person who greeted me quite um, warm, uh, with a warm welcome, and that was Joseph. Um, and he was just like such a ball of energy and like just a fantastic dude. And at that time, my beard was down to here and his beard was down to here. So I felt like there was just like a kindred spirit there. And then we were placed on a bunch of projects together and they sent us down to Georgia to go to like 100 Outback Steakhouses. Um, so it was like definitely a mute, uh, meet cute situation. Now, 
when you get sent to a hundred outback steakhouses, I mean, the idea of a change. I mean, that's a facetious number. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like... But the idea of a chain <laughs> should be that it's like you can go to like three and it should be pretty similar between all. Anyway, that's funny. Um, yep. No, the 99th is really which what it hammers it home. You, know? hammers you, know, home. you finally get the taste for like appreciate the bang bang chicken. You know? Yeah. Now, if you guys were like working on the Waffle House account, I would believe that there's like variability between locations, but outback, I think it's true. Yeah. Anyway. At what point did you guys say to yourselves, let's get into business together, let's quit our current jobs, or maybe one of you had been fired, I don't know, but what what is the founding story of Zero and and why go into business together? Ooh, this is such a good one, uh, one that follows us today. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically we're at Wondersauce, and Wondersauce is amazing, right? I mean, I love that place, I love those folks. Um, and there was this period of time where essentially Joseph and I were kind of like moonlighting. I remember the first time I asked Joseph, hey, do you freelance? And it's like, you know, kind of trying to still figure out who I was and like, I don't know, should I trust this guy? But um, he was like, yeah, a little bit. So then we took on some freelance projects just for fun. Um, and we we're kind of doing that thing. Uh, and then I think our world was open to just more possibility. And at that exact time, Wondersauce was kind of like courting an, an idea to move out to LA and start an office there. And they were leaving this sort of question that we were reading between the lines of like, somebody step up and take this thing on. And so Joseph, myself, and then one other individual who actually ended up going to take that role, um, like made a case for like, hey, we want to take it, right? So it would be like training wheels of like new, like a business. I've always wanted to have my own businesses. Uh, didn't know necessarily how to make it. But I think once I went to Wondersauce, I sort of like unlocked some things for me that were like a bit um, opaque. Um, so we were, you know, kind of considering that. And I think we just got these opportunities. And once you're, you know, I'm a firm believer, once you're like wavelengths are open to these sorts of things, they just become more clear and there are opportunities everywhere. So I think we just got these big opportunities that were, you know, seemingly fell in our lap. But I think, again, because we just worked hard and we were open to it. Um, and we were at like kind of a fork in the road. Uh, and it was a difficult decision, but I was like, I made the decision like, hey, this is a project. That, this is really, really great. This has got six months runway on a lean team. It's it's fun. I'm going to go do this thing. And, you know, presuming Joseph was going to come with me, but it wasn't as easy of a sort of decision because was, Joseph was there from the beginning and had some more stuff kind of going on. So that's kind of like the the fork in the road. Joseph, do you want to like maybe say your side of things just between that decision of LA? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that um, it really was such a, I mean, one of the biggest forks in, in the road in, in my life, for sure. And I think, you know, as Mark mentioned, like, was at Wondersauce nearly from day one. I was like the 10th employee there. And there was like 100, 100 folks at, at that juncture and really close. And, you know, I think that personally too, I'd been in New York for a handful of years and was interested in a change. And, you know, the idea of moving out to LA and California was, was alluring, but I think that, you know, what Mark is so great at and continues to be so great at just like really had that confidence and it was able to kind of like paint that picture. And I'll never forget like one moment, we just had this like small little whiteboard and we did the math to the six month runway and did like, okay, we can like have a salary and we can like, you know, survive as a business up until this point without, you know, selling any other projects. And I think it's just like as basic of that, that those unlocks and you're like, okay, this is like a tenable thing because I think like for me, never, you know, necessarily putting too much thought into it, like the notion of starting a business, it's scary, right? And like you're you're taking a huge risk and, you know, put, really putting yourself out there on a, an emotional and, and a financial level and all those things. And so I think as I sort of warmed to the idea and really kind of came into this belief that it, it was a, you know, kind of once in a, once in a lifetime opportunity you know, really started to to think about it more, uh, more specifically. And to Mark's point as well, the third person, I'm also still close with a great, great friend. And so then personally, it was like, Mark was a great friend and this other individual was a great friend. And, you know, kind of at that crossroads of who to, you know, 
be, be partners with, you know, in, in that regard too. But then, you know, as, as Mark often does got uh, crafty with their own storytelling and uh, sales salesmanship. And uh, we went to um, one of our favorite brands, Acne, Acne Studios. Um, we were there for some reason or another, maybe you were picking something up, Mark. And uh, I uh, was looking at this jacket that I just absolutely fell in love with. And, you know, I tried it on and kind of, you know, uh, Mark, Mark witnessed that. And then uh, from there, I'll hand it back over to you, Mark, just in terms of uh, where that where that story led. Yeah, I mean, I was looking for like all sorts of things like cranes or drones, like, you know, like, carry the like the jacket and like wave it in the window at Wonder Sauce just to be like, hey, come over here. We'll get you this jacket. Yeah, I don't think that that's what actually turned the dial. I think there, there was like a it was a holiday. I remember you text me and said, let's do it, man. Uh, and that was like just a really cool memory. Um, but got the jacket joseph got the jacket and then it was like hilarious because it like screwed up our books and for some reason joseph owned like a portion of the company greater portion than i did for like i think we just wrapped it up i don't know um but (laughs) (laughs) there's so many layers to this story that we do not have time to get into but anyway it sounds very 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 funny okay so you had some runway you take the leap as that runway started to to run out what were you guys kind of looking at in terms of filling the pipeline? What in the early days was the the type of work you were most interested in, in taking on? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of like anything and everything. Um, you know, because one part, like um, we had a vision of what we could offer and the value proposition that we felt like really strong about. But I think we were also just sort of like, this is new, right? And where do we find work? Um, so we were doing some websites, but the big portion of the first brand um, or first job was like, a rather large undertaking. It was a basically a competitor in the Hamptons Montauk area bought uh, another real estate sort of developer um, hospitality group, and that group hadn't been like they hadn't had a change in their marketing in like twenty five years. It was just like really really bad. Um, so we took the undertaking of like 10, 10, 10 individual properties um, branding as well as like and then executing it throughout like the entirety of the life cycle of like uh, the business. So like. Um, and consumer endpoints, I guess you will. So like signage and facade, like interior sort of stuff, like the actual logo and core identity, and then like a website. Um, we built this like integrated booking platform that allowed them to like any property be sort of searched for some piecemeal. So really that was kind of like the culmination think, of our value proposition when we say like digitally native branding agency. We believe, I firmly believe that everything is branding, um, especially, you know, in 2023. And that certainly means digital um, as we all sort of scroll our phones and send text messages and make TikTok videos and all that kind of great stuff. Um, like that's a digital first touch point and every opportunity to communicate like as a brand or as a company is an opportunity for like a brand message. And it's that's what we call brand world. Um, so I really feel like, you know, the code that you write, the emails that you send, the success fields in your forms, um, obviously your packaging, you know, your core identity, that's all that is branding. And we just really kind of feel like there wasn't, you know, at that point, I, I don't even want to go there. I just want to say that, like, we believed that the digital first sort of branding agency didn't mean you have to be bifurcated of like, we build websites and then somebody puts content in them or we build brands and then send a PDF to the web nerd. So like, we really believe that the, the kind of like keystone there was a brand first agency that was capable of building uh, brands with how sort of uh, consumers, you know, interact with them nowadays, which is, you know, 95% digital. We going down a similar uh, path ourselves, I think the the insight we got to was in 2016 or whenever it was like there all, there are so many brands that are just digital brands. like they they exist 
exclusively <laughs> online. So the the idea that it's like you're you know have this web background, but are going to start doing serious branding work, it makes sense if if your clients are like, well, we are fundamentally a digital brand uh, as well, right? Um, so Joseph, what what do you think was the again the Canadian in me is about to come out. Uh, our version of Sports Center is called TSN, uh, and so there's the TSN turning point. It's the you know what's the part of the game where the energy turned, or you know a big goal was scored, et cetera, et cetera. That you know, so in your business at zero, like what, when, when, and what was the the moment that you felt was like that that turning point? The the energy shifted. You guys knew you were going to be successful. Is it a project? Is it a client win? Is it a hire? Like what, what was it for you guys? Yeah, I think a lot of such incredible, like memorable moments. I'd probably, if you went top 10 plays, like number one would probably be the launch of the Buffy brand and and new website. I think that it was such the perfect story in so many ways. I mean, I think between our two companies, like we were essentially working in the same place. Like, you know, they were three employees or thereabouts. We were there. We were thereabouts. We were both It's like just sort of, you know. Uh, seeds of what both went on to be very successful companies. And so there was this great camaraderie of like, you know, shared success and um, yeah. And it was, you know, beautiful product, beautiful opportunity. Um, And I remember, you know, right around the time that we launched it, just like, you know, essentially like the internet going just buck wild and kind of breaking the internet and just how beautiful it was. And, you know, Mark had designed these like just incredible, like the holistic system. And like one of our guiding principles was like, just trying to make the most comfortable website on the internet, right. Really kind of distilling that brand value and and brand benefit, you know, into a web experience. Um, So both like the macro, but then like just some of the micro interactions and like, you know, I remember the individual like falling into the bed and like those little moments just being like so awesome and so rad and being able to like, not only like envision those ideas through the lens of brand and content first and web design, but then being able to like actually execute on them and having, you know, our technology team in-house and the, you know, the level of craft and detail and like Mark and Joe, uh, our technical director, like, you know, get, getting into, you know, down to the, well, I think it should be 200 milliseconds, not 300 milliseconds. And these sets of moments, like really, really um, working through that. And I remember launching that and, Mark, maybe you remember too, but it, we had come across, I think maybe Wondersoft had done it, but we, had, I think we had just come to this like recognition that like, Hey, we want a little bit of credit, you know, in our work. And we were able to talk with the founders and again, that shared success story. And, you know, there in the footer, we put site by site by zero and linked out to our website. And that changed the game because of all the traffic that came, everybody who saw it, who the fuck did this. Oh, link right there, right over to zero. And our inbox just started filling up from there. The fluffiest DTC brand in the world, Buffy is right, but um, but no fluff in your work. Um, so <laughs> when you think about the experience of working with a three-person startup from the ground up, that you know, and you guys were also three people at the time, what is similar in the approach that you now try to take, and and what has had to become different in your process, culture, et cetera, et cetera, as as you've scaled the the agency. I think a lot of it is really kind of the same. And then, you know, there's times where I feel like we um, we're always constantly iterating on our process. And I think that's one of the beautiful parts that we believe about zero is that people can contribute to a level that they like want to, which is unique. And I think with that, sometimes too, we also have to get back to like our roots and like what, you know, fundamentally allowed us to make the really kind of cool work that we did. Um, I think one of the challenges was like, you know, it's easy to design. Well, I shouldn't say it's easy to design, but it's way easier to design than to like, 
teach folks to design. And I think we went through the whole process of like growing up from like hands-on folks to like, um, you know, inspiring teams and managing teams. So that was like a bit of that kind of hurdle. And, and that meant like not designing as much as I had in the past personally. So that was really kind of interesting. But I think like our relationships with founders, and we've done that, you know, let's call it 25 times since then, of being, you know, mutually invested with them and, you know, being that one, that really true partner where it's like, cool, what's your vision and what, what, what is it that you want to do? What's, what's unique, but then also providing that kind of thought leadership and experience and confidence around like, this is what we, this is what we think, you know? Um, so I think over time, like in these you know conversations and positions with folks who have skin in the game, just like we do and done it so many times that like, you know, we are a startup, you know, I think we've, we've sort of seen every, everything that happens when you launch a brand, what can go well, what can go, um, we could be room for growth. And, you know, I think that like anytime you scale a business, you know, we're at like over 40 folks now. It's just, I think the the core collaboration between the different sort of departments, I think is the biggest thing that we kind of strive to continue to do. Um, but I think team makeups and structures and just like, you know, Joseph and I aren't on the project making everything um, and neither is Chelsea. So it's like, it's being able to instill that ethos around what we believe in and what we think is interesting and like what design can do as a tool, creativity can do as a tool. And uh, still allowing for voices to come in and like add to that like malleable culture. Joseph, the name Zero, what did it slash does it mean to you? Why Zero? Love that. Well, I suppose we don't have time to get into the history of Zero wasn't the original name of the studio, um, but it did come come to be. Uh, and that's maybe a tale for another day. But I think what what zero means it's just I don't know it is a feeling just it is kind of ineffable in that regard just like a you know a great brand is I think that it showcases you know a certain era of we talk about simplicity a lot um, and I think it's just like just right to the point just right to it and right there um, and I think beyond that I think you know more on a, a personal level and for our employees are hey, look, our own branding is super important, right? And I don't think that's something that, you know, all agencies really take into consideration and something that, you know, Mark has been so great at since day one. And I think a part of our ethos, the way we talk about it internally and starting to do so more externally is this um, confluence of punk and peace and kind of the intersection of those two. Um, and I think that really encapsulates it beautifully just in terms of, you know, the punk side of being willing to take chances, do something different, say, fuck you to the status quo. Um, and put ourselves out there and put a put a mark on the canvas. Um, and I think on the peace side, you know, it is doing so from a place of being humble and a place of empathy and um, accessible and understanding our clients and users and employees needs. And I think the intersection of that is just really powerful and really beautiful. And so really trying to create that culture and create that environment and creating that space for our clients to collaborate in, because collaboration is key when it comes to a service-based agency. And so really it takes a, you know, it takes two to tango. And so I think if we can meet there in that idea and in that spirit, that's when we do our best work. And that's when we have the, the, the most shared success between our two, two companies. Mark, you yourself uh, and Chelsea have reinvented yourselves. Uh, you've reinvented um, kind of your core focus um, while still staying true to your roots, but reinventing core focus of the agency, you've reinvented the name as we just heard from Joseph. What's the next reinvention? What do you think is um, zero, 10 years out? Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, a good question. I think I'll just be tending to a garden, making art in a barn. I think if I have it my way, but we'll, we'll see. 
I think we've been saying this for a long time and, um, you know, I think it ladders off that last uh, little bit that we were talking about as far as just like, um, being in, in the, in the cut with founders. I think it's like, you know, definitely us, um, building like a product that's our own and being able to kind of like have communication directly with customers versus clients and kind of put all of this knowledge of launching brands into launching our own brand. So I certainly think that's in the mix. Um, Joseph and I also have like a bit of a hospitality brand. Uh, we do some short-term rentals, um, which has been a lot of fun. Interior design has been, I think, a big like passion for us recently. So probably some more of that. Does Joseph always match his attire to the room that he's sitting in for video calls as he's done today? I wanted to make sure it came through on the podcast, you know, the visual. I think it's really going <laughs> to really gonna play out well. Yeah, it's actually messing with me to a great degree because I keep being like, the fucking brown is even the same as whatever that diffuser is in, <laughs> in the back. Like it's Anyway, um, it's true to brand. Uh, so in a barn doing art, uh, it, this sounds very, very lovely. Uh, Joseph, if you could go the other way, if you could go back to before the founding of zero or, you know, while you guys were working at wonder sauce together and give yourself a piece of advice for how you might go about things differently or, or, or do this exactly the way that you did it. What might you say to that younger version of yourself? Hmm. I've never thought about that. I don't, I don't think that there is much advice that I give to my former self. I think just, you know, trust yourself, trust your partners, trust your people and, you know, enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. And it's not going to be perfect. And, you know, I think that we often use the duality of like joy and terror and the roller coaster that is being, uh, being a founder. And I think that that's the, a part of the the journey and the, and the beauty of it. And so by no means would I have had it, you know, just a pure blissful, joyful ride throughout. I think you learn so much, you know, by, by your experiences and by failing or, you know, not doing as well as maybe you could have. So I don't think there's one silver bullet that you can kind of give your former self or someone who's starting a business. It's like, you just have to make it your own and, you know, kind of trust the, trust the process and, and, and enjoy, enjoy the experience. Mark Goldwell, Joseph F. Delaney, the third. It's so regal. It's like, it has to be said, has to be said the whole thing. Uh, thank you both so much for, for doing this, for sharing your journeys. Uh, for those who haven't already gone to their site to check it out through this interview, um, read the Buffy uh, case study and all the other amazing work that's there. It's zero.nyc. Such an awesome agency brand name as well. Um, anything you guys want to share, advice, shout outs before we, before we end for today? I'll throw a shout out to Chelsea and Brandon, our other partner, and the rest of the employees and all the clients along the way that uh, helped make Zero uh, who it is today and, and who Zero will be in, in the future as well. So a lot of uh, a lot of respect for folks that have been with us um, since the jump. So Chelsea, Brandon, Joe Salvatore, uh, Andrea as well. Well, next time we're going to get Chelsea on this interview. That uh, she'll get a solo interview and she'll share the she'll share the real dirt. I'm sure of what what's going on. Okay, guys, thank you again so much. It was awesome to meet you both. Journey Map is hosted by me, Dave Hale and produced by the full-service website production company, Craft & Crew. If you enjoyed today's interview and want to stay updated as new episodes of Journey Map are available, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now.